declare this uh, scripture with me, Romans 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Let's say this with me. I yield my mind to Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. My mind is being transformed, renewed, healed, and made whole. I receive the mind of Christ as the authority in my life. I am what the Word says I am. I have what the Word says I have. I can do what the Word says I can do. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. We've been talking about mental wholeness, which is a, a huge thing in our day. Always has been, but it just seems like it's amplified now. And there are a lot of people struggling uh, with the ability to control their minds, their thoughts. And a lot of people are being taken over by false beliefs, by you know, it's, it's amazing how many people today believe things that there are no facts to back it up. And it's, we, we have, we've gone to an, to an emotional society that gathers facts to try to back up our emotional beliefs and try to prove our emotional beliefs. Emotions, we're going to be talking about the next sec section we're going to be talking about, is about emotional wholeness. And our emotions are the most deceptive, unruly part of our body and our being. They, they have to come under the control and authority of a regulating power that is greater than we are, or else they will rule and reign in your life, and they'll literally destroy your life. I like what uh, one person said, people have been telling me all my life to follow my heart. And she said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever been told, my heart's deceitful. <laughs> you got you to gotta follow what's right. Amen. Sometimes you follow your heart, it follows you straight into destruction. But you got to follow what's right. Amen. I've, I've talked to people that, that were making terrible decisions because of what they felt. And they wouldn't change their mind or change their life because they, they were in complete agreement with how they felt. But the problem is how you feel is going to change. Amen. Somebody say it's going to change. What you're feeling right now, it's going to change. Amen. Emotions are, are uh, just so deceptive and, and destructive. I, my youngest granddaughter just had an emotional meltdown this morning. I mean, it was just awful. She just went into, it was terrible and and. And she was so mad at me because Papa doesn't put up with that kind of stuff. And, and so she was so mad at me. I mean, this went on for a while. I was late getting to church because me and I just, you know, I, we kind of butted heads and, uh, and I win. And so, but then after that was all over with, I got ready to leave. She said, bye-bye, Papa. It's like, you know. It's a new world. But anyway, so emotions are something that we have to bring under submission. Emotions have thoughts. And that's what I want to talk about today. We're going to, we're, we're kind of ending the message on uh, mental wholeness and heading into the emotional aspect, which emotion, emotional well-being 
is 100% due to our relationships. Past relationships, present relationships, fantasies about future relationships. Fantasies about future relationships can cause you a lot of grief. You try to build a world that you expect to happen, and it doesn't happen, and then you, you're, you're let down. Amen. If you have a tendency to watch a lot of Hallmark movies, i got to tell you that love does not happen the way they, they put it on there. It, you know, it's nice, it's fantasy and everything, but i got to tell you something, people do not act the way they portray them on, on TV. I have been in, I have been in, in uh, behavioral and, and relational counseling. I haven't been. I've been giving it to it. But uh, for, for uh, 30-some years, and I've dealt with a lot of different situations. I've, I've been through so many divorces, I can't count them. I've been through so many breakups. But I've also been through a whole lot of reconciliation, a whole lot of healing, a whole lot of... And I can tell you right now that it all depends on what you want to empower in your life and what you've given yourself to and what you determine to be the authority in your life. When people want to have a breakthrough, they will have a breakthrough because once you set your mind to it, it's going to happen. Amen. Because you bring your emotions, everything else into subjection to that. Amen. So 2 Corinthians, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, we've talked about, last week, we talked a lot about what the word carnal means. And, but I want us to look today about the spiritual aspect. We have, as we talked last week, we have a responsibility to discipline our mind. We have a responsibility to think on these things. How many have how been practicing that this week? Don't raise your hand. I just, wanna, I just want you to, to think about it, Okay. If you've been practicing that, I've had to practice that. By Monday morning, I was going through the day saying, think on these things. Over and over and over. Think on these things. Amen. And so when you think on the right things, you have, that's our part. There is a carnal aspect to where the carnal mind cannot agree with the things of God. Our carnal mind has to be brought into subjection. You have to bring it under the authority of the Word of God. Now, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Anybody that does not believe you're in a warfare over your mind, you're going to lose. You have to be conscious of it. We see people on the news. We see, we see it every day, people that are losing the war for their mind. Their minds are being taken over, literally taken over. The, the things that you see people doing are so... Uh, outrageous that it's it's beyond our understanding how this could be so outrageous i read a news report the other day that a judge uh, i believe is in california ruled uh, the some girls in a school brought a lawsuit about them letting uh, transgender boys into their locker room with them and the school passed a law that they had to let them in there well some girls brought a lawsuit 
And the judge ruled that women do not have the right to bodily privacy. That's what a judge, a ruling that a judge passed. In other words, those girls don't have a right to protect their bodies or their decency. That came down from a law. I got to tell you something. If my kids was in that school, it wouldn't matter what a judge said. Of course, then they, they, they want to declare you as an unfit parent because you go against what they want. So our minds, there is a battle for the mind today, and a lot of people are losing this battle. Amen. All you have to do is do the wrong, you know, say something wrong, do something wrong. And, and I feel sorry, poor pastor uh, out in Virginia, uh, President Trump announced he didn't even know he was coming, called ahead, told this pastor that I'm passing through, I'm coming to your church, I want you, you and your church to pray for me, and we're going to pray for the massacre that happened out there. And so President, President Trump made an unannounced visit to this church. The pastor prayed over him, and now the poor pastor has a big upheaval in his church because church members are mad that they even let Trump in the door. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what did the man do to him? He, he, he upset him because he's backed up his word, you know. He is the president. You, you, you just you show honor even if you don't like him. Amen. But it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Mighty through God pulling down for the pulling down. Everybody say pulling down of strongholds. Now, I'm not talking about today about just trying to change your mind. I'm talking about taking over. I'm talking about a, a powerful, aggressive takeover of your mind by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. There is a battle that has to be waged because there are parts of your mind that have had a stronghold built in your mind that the devil has fortified and tried to, tried to keep in your mind, and, and that, that way he can manipulate you and he can control you, but you have to invade that area with the power of God and the Word of God and be set free, deliver that part of your brain, and cause it to be the walls to be brought down and victory come in your mental capacity. Amen. In the word mighty, it just simply means powerful or capable. The Word of God, the, the power of God, the weapons of warfare are capable, mighty, powerful, capable of pulling down strongholds. The word stronghold means to fortify, and it's figurative, figuratively used as arguments, but it comes from the root word, uh, skio, I don't know if I pronounced that right, skio, which means to hold or to be possessed with. That's what this word stronghold comes from. It's not just a mindset it is a stronghold it is a literal possession where the enemy tries to take part of your understanding part of your thinking and he builds these walls around it and fortifies it and tries to hold on to that so that you cannot fully surrender to God and fully think in a righteous way and every time something happens that part of your brain kicks in the recording starts and the words of hell 
starts coming out in your brain and your thinking totally changes, your atmosphere changes, your behavior changes. Why? Because there is a stronghold in your mind that has to be conquered. Okay? I've talked about reasoning up to this point, but today we're going to get down to the brass tag, and that is the fact that there is deliverance that needs to take place in your brain. Amen. A lot of people freak out when you talk about deliverance or possession or whatever. Don't freak out. Get free. Amen. We, we, have, to, we have to realize that, you know, the incoming, upcoming, we've talked about that. Incoming, upcoming. When something happens coming into your life, it immediately triggers thoughts, mindsets. It starts that recording. That place in your brain that is fortified by the enemy immediately takes authority over your brain and begins to uh, change the way you think, what you meditate on, how you act. That changes your behavior. And immediately takes you back into this place. There's a lot of people that have never... Talking about emotional, but a lot of people that have never expanded in their growth past the time that a traumatic event happened. They still, emotionally, they still uh, conduct themselves. They can be totally normal, and something happened. Next thing you know, they're acting like a 5-year-old or a 12-year-old. They're, they're acting like an adolescent, and they're adults. What happened is, is all of a sudden that place, that fortified place, is activated, and it takes authority over your life. Now, if you want to act like that, then you can. It doesn't mean the rest of us is going to put up with it. Amen. I'm just being honest. I have, I have spent, like I said, I've spent years and years helping people, counseling people, trying to help them. And I have come across individuals that no matter what you did, they were not going to let you change that place in their brain because it gave them power over other people and they were always building these support groups around them and always getting people to feel sorry for them and next thing you know they had a tribe you know they'll come into a church they'll build a tribe people that feel sorry for them people protect them and everything you do to try to help them you're attacking them and then they go to their their tribe or their support group and they tell them pastor attacked me he was doing this the next thing you know you got 10 12 women or 10 12 guys upset because you attacked them. You didn't attack them. You're trying to get them to let you help them come free from this. But it's not good enough for them because then they can't manipulate people. If they're healed, then they have to be normal and just fit in. And they don't want to fit in. They want to be the center of attention. Come on, somebody. I'm not being mean. I'm saying what, what's real. There are people that are literally, they, they are so narcissistic that they're, they're, their whole being, everything about them is to manipulate people around them. Now, in my early years, I, I said God can do anything, so I would take these people on and I was going to help them change. Oh, my goodness. I never, I never one time tried to help on those people that they did not da do so much damage. Destroying people around, I mean, it's just damage. Why? Because there's a stronghold. There's a demonic stronghold there, and they protect it, and they want it. But when you realize, when you come to a place and say, I don't want this in my life. I don't want to act like this. 
I don't want to behave like this. I want to be free. Then you will just open it wide open, and you'll start going after that thing like the enemy that it is and say, you are not going to control me. You're not going to manipulate me, and you're not going to manipulate and control people around me because I'm going to have a good life. I'm going to have love in my life. I'm going to have peace in my life, and I'm going to have joy in my life, and I refuse to let this one place, this fortified place, be the captive authority over my being. Amen. The rest of you ends up serving that one little place. Shouldn't happen. It has to be confronted. And the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. It's only the power of God that can help you with this thing. It's only the Word of God that can help you with it. I mean, you have to come to a place where you encounter God's power and His Word and replace those thoughts and replace that area and bring, sanctify it and bring it under the glory and power of Almighty God. You have to commit to that. You say, well, how long will it take? It might take the rest of your life. But wouldn't it be worth fighting it and destroying it in your life rather than being, spend the rest of your life being manipulated by it? Amen. Training. Training is a powerful thing. Amen. Praise God. Training is a powerful thing. We have to be willing to submit to training. We are, we are a culture that does not like to be trained. Amen. We are, I mean, we are a culture that does not, does not like to be trained. Over in Africa, if you, if you have discipleship classes, you have Bible school or whatever, you, can't, you have to turn people away. I mean, they want to grow. They want to learn. They want, they want to be discipled. But here in the U.S., don't tell me what to do. I mean, most churches, all a pastor has to do is preach a message people don't agree with, and the next week, part of his congregation is gone forever. I mean, that's how we are. We, 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 look for, we look for people that will back up and justify our beliefs when we should look for people that confront and challenge our beliefs. Amen. Boy, that went over like a lead balloon. I mean, that was... Woo, cold chill just went through this place. I don't like people confronting my beliefs. Well, if, if, if your beliefs can't be confronted without you being afraid, then you're afraid you don't believe what you say. You believe. Amen. Has, has to be, you have to be established, okay? So we, when we have these arguments, we have these things in our mind, these arguments I've, I've talked about arguments. All of us have an argument. In the next section, we're going to be talking some about, about uh, the voice of your soul and your interpreter. The voice of your soul and your interpreter. It's going to be very necessary for you to listen to what's, what I'm teaching because it's, it's something that we have to change. You have to change your interpreter and you have to challenge the voice of your soul. You can't just let it talk. You've got to say, uh, excuse me, that's not true. I'm not going to believe that anymore, and challenge that thing. And you'll find out that you're in for a battle because your mind does not like to be challenged and it doesn't like to be changed. We are creatures of habit, and we don't like to change things. Amen. 
I, I love change. Bothers a lot of people because I love change. If something don't work or, you know, I, I'll change it. Even as old as I I still change it. I'm almost 60 years old, been in the ministry 40 years, and I am still hungry to improve and grow. I want to grow every week. I say, God, help me to increase. Help me to grow. Help me to be better at representing you. And if something isn't right and doesn't work, sometimes I watch a little bit of these videos, and I'll, I'll end up fighting with myself. You need to change that. You got to stop that. You got you to lose weight. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> when, we, when we allow these arguments to dominate our life, then we are under the control of a fortified stronghold in our life. Now, the best way to know that you're under control of a fortified stronghold in your life is when your days are spent with this recording plane and under the domination of these thoughts and feelings that are negative and abusive in your heart and, you, and you, you're not able to stop it. Then you know that you're under the control of a stronghold in your mind. Now that stronghold has to be challenged by the Word of God and by the power of God. Amen. You have to have, have encounters with God. I'm not talking about just, just say, God, help me. I'm talking about seeking God. I'm talking about fasting and praying. I'm talking about encountering the presence of God to the point that you have a change. You have a revelation, and the Word of God becomes powerful and strong. You have to replace it What those thoughts. You have to replace them with the truth of the Word of God because it doesn't matter what you feel or think. It's what, what matters is what God's Word says. Amen makes a huge difference. There's some members in our church that started having Bible study here while back together. Every week they, they get together and have Bible study. And the transformation has been amazing because now I hear them constantly talking about what they're studying, the revelation of the Word. They're not talking about problems. They're talking about the Word. And that there's, they are literally changing and tearing down, pulling down strongholds and replacing it with truth and revelation. And it's making dramatic changes. It's absolutely necessary. So the thoughts and argument in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it says the Word of God is powerful, living. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. You let the Word of God come into your life and begin to be the authority in your life, and it starts discerning your thoughts, and it starts challenging the strongholds in your mind and tearing those things down. Amen. Experiences many times define who we are. Even though they become part of our life, it should be a learning process, not a defining process. We can learn from experiences, but it should not define who we are. 
if you have experiences where people disappoint you, and it might be several people disappoint you, and you let that define you, you will simply live a person that is disappointed, don't trust anybody, isolated, lonely, and miserable. But if you learn from it, then you learn how to interact with people without becoming disappointed. Well, it's quiet now. <laughs> you say, well, people ain't going to disappoint you. Sure, they're going to disappoint you. But you learn not to put such a high price on the actions and behaviors of others that it bankrupts you when they don't come through with what you think they should come through with. Disappointment is determined by expectation. I simply expect people to make mistakes. Because I'm a people. Every time I get upset at people, I remember that I are one. Every time I think somebody let, has let me down, I stop and think of all the people that I've let down. Causes me to have little grace. Amen. Praise God. Doesn't mean that I that I they've devastated my life now because they haven't devastated my life. They they certainly have altered things in my life, but they have not devastated my life. Why? Because I now understand behavior and I expect people to fail. I expect people to make mistakes. Second thing, I'm getting into my next teaching. Second thing is not basing your emotional well-being on the actions of others. Oh, my goodness. If we, if we get past that, I'm going to have to, I, I'm already diving headlong in the, next, in the next thing because it's powerful. It's good. And we need to get a hold of it. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and powerful. It'll literally discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. It'll change you. When the Word of God comes alive in you and revelation comes alive in you, it'll change you. When you, when you have thoughts and imaginations that you can't seem to, to get control of, get in the Word of God and find the Word to, that talks about it and then begin to declare that over your life and begin to quote that over your life. Every time those thoughts and imaginations come up, stop them and, and start and start. Uh, memorizing the word start declaring the word instead and and just thanking the holy spirit for the power to change who you are to change your life and to change the strongholds of your life i said i said last sunday that i don't trust everybody and you shouldn't trust everybody trust trust is something that that comes from our repeated uh history our our repeated reality with people doesn't mean you have to just not love them you understand, you understand what I'm talking about? But yet, trust is a gift. I've been let down a lot. I mean a lot. I'm not going to sit here and cry on your shoulder, but I've been let down a lot in my life. I've been criticized about everything about my very being. I mean, if people saw the color of my blood, they would find something to criticize about it. I've been criticized from my, from my shoes to my hair. 
from how I talk, how I sing, everything. Over the years, I've been critiqued about everything in my life and my being. People have harshly attacked me. And yet, every person I meet, I offer them a gift. And that is the gift of trust. I refuse to judge the next person by the person that just left. You understand what I'm talking about? See, trust is a gift that you give. But it doesn't mean you just hand people a knife and say, Here, I'm going to trust you not to stab me. That's silly. Amen. I'm probably going to check their hands for knives before I do trust them. <laughs> there, there are people that, that do terrible things, and yet they think they're right in doing it, and then there are other people that are just mean. They're just flat mean. They, you, there's nothing else you can say about it. They're just mean. They, they enjoyed the disruption of other people's lives. And those kind of people, you just have to go on and leave them. You just have to leave them out of your life. Just go on. And they don't want you to. They'll, they'll post things on Facebook about you. They'll, they'll make statements, you know, passive-aggressive statements to everybody. Try, and everybody knows who they're talking about, and they'll make those statements about you. And if you engage that, if you let that just pull you back, and every time they say something, you get angry and upset and offended all over again, then there's a stronghold there that has to be challenged. Amen. What you got to do is forgive them and walk away because there's a whole other world out here that's beautiful and nice and there's wonderful people out here and I just soon get turn around and embrace them instead of letting one person control my, my life, my behavior, and my future. Amen. Praise God. Let's focus on what's ahead of us. Focus on, on the good things that we've got ahead of us. Don't let somebody that just loves the disruption of lives disrupt yours. Amen. It's good preaching. Ain't nobody dancing on the backs of the pews or swinging from chandelier, but this is good preaching. We should be. This is, this is powerful. This is delivering. Ephesians chapter 6, Father, deliver us in the name of Jesus. Deliver us in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the power and the strongholds of the enemy in our minds being broken today by the authority of the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that the walls are being pulled down. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the strongholds, there's holes being poked in the strongholds, and they're being dismantled today, Father God. I thank you that there's freedom and deliverance coming to the children of God. And I break this thing, I break the power of it, and command the strongholds of the enemy to be broken in our minds and come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. We command you by the power and authority of the name of God. You will not rule and reign in the children of God any longer in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've got to understand that there is an authority in the name of Jesus. There's a power. The Holy Spirit is to rule and reign over your life, to break down the rebellion of your soul. Holy Spirit is out to break down the rebellion of your soul. Amen. You know, a lot of times when I pray, I might not know of anything that I've done wrong, but a lot of times I'll get down and pray, and the first thing I'll do is say, God, forgive me for my stubborn human spirit. Forgive me for rebellion in my heart. Forgive me. 
I, I might not even be able to think of anything that I've rebelled against, but I know for a fact that I walk in the flesh, and therefore I need to bring that flesh under subjection and, and just get myself in tune with the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read a few more scriptures. Ephesians 6. Woo. I feel like I'm battling some things today, and I am. But I know that I'm winning. I know that we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to, everybody say it with me, we're going to win. Amen. Amen. We're going to win. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now say this, I am winning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God. We got we to come into victory. Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to stand against the wiles or the desires of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We've, we're not going to be manipulated any longer. Everybody say that with me. I'm not going to be manipulated any longer. My mind belongs to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 talks about casting down arguments, casting down arguments, those arguments in your mind, those, those beliefs in your mind, you have to cast them down. In other words, take a hold of them and say no. It's like a wrestling move. If I had David come up here and show me some of the moves they've taught him in the police department, of course I'm not going to do that because I don't like pain. But if, if I come up here and told him, I, if I said, show me how you subdue a combative person, then he would show me how to subdue that person. To take them down where they no longer cause harm to any, themselves or anybody else. I've had to do that with combative uh, drug addicts that, that were out of their mind. I've had to, I've had to just hold them and... and and wrap them up until until they no longer were going to hurt themselves or anybody else. You subdue it. You subdue it. When we when we understand that, there's a way of subduing that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. And when they they try to manipulate you and try to try to change your thoughts, try to change your behavior, and you, by the authority of God, it says that we don't wrestle again, but we're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and we subdue these things. Amen. Casting down arguments. It's just like you take that thought in your mind and say, whoa, hang on. You're not going to manipulate my life any longer. I'm tired of you. And you literally wrestle that thing and take it down and subdue it and say, no, no, no more. You know what that thing's going to do? Next time your back's turned, it's going to jump you again. You know what you do? 
you subdue it again. And you subdue it until it no longer has power over you. Well, the Word of God is more powerful. The power of the Holy Spirit is more powerful because this is the battlefield of the mind. Amen. I've, I've, I've understood this. I've, I've, I've had so many wars. I've waged so many wars. It, it's unreal. I know what it's like to wage wars in your mind. I know what it's like to be, to be overwhelmed by things. I know what it's like to literally feel hopeless because it's, it's like, you know, you're just surrounded and can't get anywhere. I know what it's like to feel disappointed, discouraged, and all these emotions and all these thoughts that, that come in your mind and try to dominate your mind, but also know what it's like for the Holy Spirit to overpower that, stand me back up, and give me authority, and keep me going. Amen. There's a power in God, there's a power in the Word of God, and there's a power in the Holy Spirit that's going to cause you to stand up and not be subdued or controlled by this any longer. But you have to make the decision, no more, no more. I'm going to win this thing because God's on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. If God be for me, who can be against me? Praise God. This is, this, this is I, I told somebody the other night in counseling, I said, look, they were talking about being under attack, and I said, that is not the right time. You, you got to throw that terminology away. You are never, as a child of God, you're never under anything except the mighty hand of God. That's the only thing you're under. And under the mighty hand of God, you cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I said, you are never again under anything. You're not under attack by the devil because he's under your feet. You got to stand up and say, no, I stand in Jesus Christ and he is above all things, in all things. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And I said, I don't ever want to hear you say that you're under attack again. I want you to understand that, that you have to fight as a person who has already won. Amen. You fight as a person who has already won. It might look like everything's against you and you're going to lose, but you got to fight like a person who has already won. Hallelujah. You got you to sit your mind that this battle might be getting tough, it might be getting hard, but I've already won this battle because in Christ I can do all things. And that's where I'm going to stay is in Christ. Your flesh will try to pull you back out of that, but you got to wrestle your way right back into the presence of God. Your flesh will try to overthrow you, and you got to wrestle yourself right back into the presence of God. Praise God. You don't fight against flesh and blood. You fight against the principalities and powers. You fight against the battles that are going on right here, and it's only by the Word of God because you can't think your way out of it. You can't reason your way out of it because if you could, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross, but he died on the cross. He shed his blood. He gave us power, sent the Holy Ghost back. This is Pentecost Sunday, and he sent the Holy Spirit back so that we can have dominion and be powerful over the things that the devil brings against us, over the battles in our mind, and he is the authority in our life, therefore he's the authority over my mind. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to shut this down. Oh, praise God. He is the authority over our life. The devil is, is so sneaky. He's been doing this for thousands of years, thousands of years. Demons have no power against you except the power you let them have. But if you don't understand the authority you have, you'll let them have it because they're very convincing. They're deceivers. 
and they'll try to deceive you into thinking that you no longer have the authority. Amen. See, when you understand it, you don't have, you don't have to put up with that stuff. I remember one year we was in India, and, and a lot of times in India, in our services, at, when we pray for people at the end, uh, we, we usually end up dealing with people who are fully demon-possessed. I'm not talking about just a stronghold in their mind. I'm talking about their whole bodies being everything, being overtaken by demonic powers. And they're very strong, they're very violent, and, uh, and they, 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 they'll argue, argue you to death if you want to argue with them. They, you cannot out-argue the devil. You don't debate with him. And that was my attitude. And we've, we've confronted a lot of this stuff there. And this one, this one meeting, I, I, I think I had an increased authority because I was so tired. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been just so tired you, didn't want to, you just didn't want to deal with it? And we'd been, we'd been preaching in the heat. I mean, it was It was hot. By 10 o'clock in the morning, we'd do the pastor's meeting outside under, a, under these, uh, it wasn't a tent, it was these things that were stretched, and we would do a pastor's meeting, and by the end of, that, by the end of teaching at 10 o'clock in the morning, I would be so wet with sweat that, that when we'd get back to the motel, I'd literally just wring water out of my clothes. We would be drenched from one end to the other, it looked like we'd jumped in a lake or something and went swimming, and it was so intensely hot. And we'd do a 10 o'clock service. And, and the, the daytime was just uh, oppressive. The heat was so bad. And then at night, it was still in the 90s with heavy humidity at night. And, and you felt like you couldn't even breathe. It was so hot. And so we would preach in these services. And then after the services, we'd pray for hundreds of people. The lines would just stretch out. I mean, there was a few thousand people here. And, and so we'd pray for hundreds of people every night. And the pastors would form this funnel. And they would funnel the people down, down to us. And we would pray for them. And as we was praying for them, I was hot. I was exhausted. And, and I just didn't have the time for it. You know what I'm talking about? I was not full of energy. And so I, I've st we had more effect in that meeting than any other meeting that we'd had because I would begin to, as soon as these people would come in front of me, I wouldn't have to pray for them or anything. As soon as they come in front of me, they would begin to demonstrate and, and manifest and, and begin, to, begin to scream, these blood-curdling screams and start fighting and, 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 and stuff. I didn't have to touch them, didn't have to say anything. They'd just come, they'd just get close to me and they'd start screaming. And, and as my manner is, for whatever reason, I grab hold of them. I don't know why I do that. I grab them on both sides of the head and I hang on to them. And, and, and I, I start commanding that thing to come out. And it is a fight. There's screaming. There's hollering. There's, there's, there's violence. But the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. The strength of God is greater than the strength of the devil. Amen. I've, I've fought them in the dirt, and I've won. Praise God. You know why? Because the power of God is greater. I've, I've, been, I've been thrown down, hit, rolled in the dirt. My hair messed up. My clothes covered in dirt. But when it's all said and done, there was one winner, and his name was Jesus Christ. Christ, and he's going to win. You understand what I'm talking about? Praise God. No matter how violent, how strong, what they want to do, there is, a, there is an authority that's above every authority, and it's the name of Jesus. 
And in this one meeting, every time they would come and they would start, that would grab hold of them and say, come out of them in the name of Jesus. And they would start screaming back at me. And I'd say, just shut up and come out of them. Now, I'm talking to them in English, and, and they either speak Malayalam, Telugu, um, uh, Hindi, or there are so many languages, I don't know what their language was, and they would start screaming back out, just say, come out, shut up and come out in the name of Jesus. I realize you're supposed to be real proper and prim and say, now, now hold your peace. That ain't how I talk. I'd tell them, shut up and come out in Jesus' name. And, and, and they would drop, just like somebody had shot them. They would just fall to the ground lifeless, and they would drag them over to, to an area. And, and we kept doing that until they were stacked like cordwood over here. I mean, they were everywhere. And, and they would, you know, when people are like that, and they, when they're delivered, they are lifeless because they're, they're free, but their body feels heavy. They, are, they, they can't even move. I mean, it is, it is exhausting for them. And so people would pray for them. After they'd take them over, people would pray for them, give them water, you know, to drink and stuff like that. But we were, we were, everyone I prayed for that night, there was authority, and I would just command it to come out in Jesus' name. Shut up and come out of them. And, and the demons would come out. And afterwards, my interpreter said, we've never seen that happen before. I said, never seen what? She, he said, they come out so quickly. And I said, what are they supposed to do? He said, here in India, we talk to them. We argue with them. We ask them where they're from, what their name is. I said, stop that nonsense. They're liars. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're liars. Stop that. Don't talk to them. They don't deserve our conversation. The only thing they need to know is they need to be quiet and leave. Get out. Amen. Because there's one. There's one who rules supreme in the spirit world, and that's the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He is amazing. He is powerful. Thank you, Jesus. He is powerful. His power is beyond anything we can imagine. Now listen, if he can do that, can he not deal with the stronghold in your mind, the thinking that is in your mind that needs to be overcome? Sure he can. You just got to submit yourself to it. And you've got to get serious about this thing. You've got to have encounters with God, and you've got to have encounters with the Word of God until there's authority raises up in your life that overcomes the authority of that stronghold in your life oh thank you jesus hallelujah oh thank you lord i didn't come here today to preach a nice easy message i come here to challenge to fight and to break through you understand what i'm talking about we're going to break through in jesus name to challenge this thing and in the weeks ahead you are going to get victory after victory after victory it's yours Stand with me if you would. It's yours. It belongs to you. Victory after victory after victory. Hallelujah. If you have nightmares, you need to, you need to start surrendering your, your, the imagination part of your brain to the Holy Spirit and asking Him to take control, take authority over your mind. If you have, if you have uh, things that have damaged you, and, and you seem to not be able to get over that. Bring it to God. It says bring every thought, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring every thought into captivity to Jesus Christ. Amen. Reveal it. 
You know, when I first started getting a hold of this truth and battling with these things, there's something I would do that, that seemed to be powerful for me. When those thoughts would come in my mind, I would say, just, just hang on, Jesus, did you see that? I'm revealing you now to Jesus Christ. You're not going to do that because I'm revealing you to Jesus. Jesus, you saw that thought in my mind, and I just, I just bring it before you and ask you to take care of it. I bring it under your authority now in Jesus' name. Because as long as the enemy can secretly work in your life, he will continue to secretly work in your life. But you got to get it open. You got to get it open. You got to be upfront about it. Father, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your glory. Lord, I thank you. God, there's, there's somebody watching this even on Facebook Live right now, Lord God, that, that God is ministering to the authority of the name of Jesus is coming alive in your heart. And there's some things that have been controlling you, but they're breaking right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. We thank God for his word. Father, I thank you that it's coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. It's breaking in the name of Jesus. It is breaking. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The stronghold is coming down. The power is coming down. Lord, we bring this thing under subjection and under authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, I give you praise and honor for it. Thank you, Father. Lord, we, sub we submit our imagination to you. Praise God. Did you know your imagination was given to you by God so that you can receive revelation and dreams and visions? It wasn't given to you so it can be the theater of the devil to control you and dominate you and terrify you. It belongs to God. I just really used to say, God, here's my imagination, Lord. The gift you gave me, you gave me this gift, but it's been perverted by the world and by the enemy of our souls, and we just bring it back to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you're going to begin to use my imagination for your glory, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for the creative thoughts that are going to start coming out of my imagination instead of destructive thoughts. Thank you, Lord God, for God dreams instead of terrorizing dreams. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.